Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is the Soho Radio Podcast, showcasing some of the best broadcasts from our online radio station, right from the heart of Soho, London. Across our music and culture channels, we have a wide range of shows covering every genre, along with chat shows, discussions and special broadcasts. Here is just one of our recent shows. To catch the full show, head to our Mixcloud page or listen live at SohoRadioLondon.com. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm singer-songwriter Juliet Temko and I have the absolute joy of being your host for this month's Women in Jazz show here on Soho Radio. You'd be expecting to hear the voices of Lou Paley and Nina Fine right now. These incredible ladies have set out on a mission to champion female talent around the UK and further afield through workshops, live events and broadcasts like this. Today, though, I have the pleasure of sharing with you, in my opinion, some of the most exciting up-and-coming female artists from around the globe and some song choices from my special guest who will be joining me later in the show. Now, we have Emma Jean Thackeray's remix of Rosie Lowe's tune, Pharaoh. I absolutely love this. I've been playing it non-stop since its release last year. That was Green Tea Ice Cream from New York singer-songwriter Linda Diaz, who was recently crowned this year's winner of NPR's Tiny Desk Contest. Her sound is so fresh, and I love the message of this song, about finding joy in the simple pleasures in life, like going for a long walk or putting on your favourite pair of jeans. I think many of us can relate to that feeling, especially during this last year, of finding comfort in the small things. Now, before we meet my very special guest, Ray Khalil, I want to share with you a tune from her latest album, For the World. This one is called Benny. Hope you enjoy. So I'm very excited to introduce my guest for today's show, Ray Khalil, all the way from California. Ray, how are you? I'm doing so good. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Such a pleasure to have you on. Where are you talking to us from exactly? Uh, my hometown, actually. I'm in my bedroom in Torrance, California. It's pretty quiet, you know. Um, we're in um, kind of, we just started a, a new lockdown over here in California. So um, we can only like pick up food. There's not going to be pretty, like places to, you know, sit outside anymore. So it's kind of quiet and it's nice out, you know. I like the peaceful um noise (laughs) the quiet you know it's definitely been a crazy year we actually we're we're here in London and we actually just came out of our our lockdown so we've we've traded places but it's um it's it's been a crazy time but how how are you holding up how has this year this year been for you you know I've just been trying to um enrich myself the best ways that I can you know whether that's reading or working on music or you know, just any way I can elevate myself in this time. Um, that's pretty much what I've been doing. It's hard to stay busy, but, you know, music has been kind of helping me get through all of it. 
Definitely. And I actually, um, I've been following your journey for a couple of years now, actually. I, I found you on Maxwell's Instagram about, it's probably 2018 now, in wow. like a deep, deep stalk of Instagram, <laughs> one of those holes, um, one of those dangerous holes. And um, oh, yeah. it's been it's been so wonderful to to see your growth and see your music being acknowledged and watching your fan base grow. I mean, how has your journey been from 2018 to now? Can you Can you tell us a little bit? Of course. I mean, I think 2018, December, when I released my first uh, debut album, after after that, everything changed. Um, you know, 2019, that, you know, February of 2019. So a couple months after I released my album, I did the Netflix show, um, Rhythm and Flow. And then after that show, I just started, you know, networking and meeting some people and just working on more music. And I had the chance to work with Anderson Pack on lockdown. And, you know, fast forward to this year, it's like, you know, to have my second album out for the world and now lockdowns Grammy nominated. So I just, it's kind of surreal for me. You know, I, I can't really, it doesn't really feel like I'm here yet, but people tell me that all the time. Like it's now my time to make um, the best music I can, you know? A hundred percent. And I'm I'm so happy to see it. And I definitely want to touch on the Grammy nomination, which is huge. Congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. It's so exciting. And I think maybe we should take it back for the listeners who who may not know of you yet. Um, yeah. But how did you come to start singing and, and, and rapping? Well, that's pretty funny. Um, I've been singing since I was like five, but I was always like a shy kid. Um, I did like musical theater growing up um really enjoyed it like I saw Wicked when I was like eight and that kind of just changed my world I was like okay I definitely want to be a stage performer so it's pretty funny how it turned out to be hip-hop but um yeah I was singing since I was five my my grandfather is a jazz musician my mom she sang and did musical theater so it kind of is in the is in the family um but in high school was really when I honed in um and, and, and stopped being so shy and then I mm-hmm. uh, auditioned for some musicals. And I just honestly, you know, found my friend group. You know, we started smoking a lot of weed, listening to Wu-Tang and, and Biggie and Tupac and Tribe and Farside. And I just like, it was kind of like an aha moment of, oh, wow, all along it's been you. You know what I mean? It's always been mm-hmm. rap music. And so um, I actually surprisingly didn't start really taking it seriously till after high school, like the the year I graduated um I was supposed to go to AMDA this uh, musical theater college in um, California and New York and I actually uh, deferred my enrollment because I was like you know let me try and do this rap thing and I honestly never looked back since so what were you listening to growing up then so you said your your grandfather was a, a jazz musician what did what did he play oh yeah I mean he played everything from Thelonious Monk to Benny Goodman to Miles Davis, John Coltrane, everybody you could think of he played. All but, the cats. Oh, yeah, same with my grandmother too. Like her favorites growing up were Sarah Vaughn and Nina Simone, you know. So growing up in my house, that's <laughs> that's what I played when I was in my grandma's room, you know. That's what I'd hear. But I'd go down the hall, hang out with my mom. She was playing like Parliament Funkadelic and, you know, Sly and the Family Stone and Isley Brothers and go down the hall one more like one more room hang out with my aunt Lauren and she's playing you know the clash and she's playing uh you know 
Sex Pistols and Pat Benatar and like all this 80s stuff and you know going into like Nirvana and stuff so I really my house was so musical you know I think yeah I mean it sounds like you had a super eclectic musical upbringing but it was rooted in jazz it sounds like to me you're such a a, a versatile artist and you know genre bending when I first heard you I mean it was like nothing I'd heard before but you can hear the influences and you know you're you're not just like a singer but like you know your your rapping is incredible and I think to be incredible at both is not easy and it and it really feels like you've honed your craft in the last couple of years and you know you've released two albums already I mean that's a huge body of work for someone so early in their career. Could you tell me a little bit about your your writing process and and how you came to start writing? Yeah, you know, I'm really fortunate to have such a supportive um, family unit, and especially my mom, because there was a time, you know, after high school, I was going to Santa Monica Community College, I was taking these odd jobs, and I just mm-hmm. was really unhappy. And my mom, she could see that, you know. And I remember asking her. Um, if there was any way she could just give me like a a, a year and a half to just, mm. you know, really, 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 really work really hard and just be in my room and, and figure it out. And she allowed me that space. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, you know, with open arms at first, right? It was like, okay, we'll see how this goes. You know, everybody needs to work. Everybody needs to take care of themselves. But, you know, she she really believed in me. Like, I think a little bit more than I did at the time. And mm-hmm. if I if I had that, I just had that time, you know, to mm-hmm. really sit down and really figure out what I want to say, how I want to say it. And I kind of just got into this routine of like, you know, finding producers or finding people that I really like to work with and waking up every morning like it was a every day, like it was a nine to five and just putting on that music and just writing those songs and coming back to it every day. You know what I mean? For probably about a year. So I would say like by the time For the World came out, um, there were songs that were on Girlfriend, songs that were on For the World and songs that have yet to be released that I wrote in my room at that time. You know what I mean? So I just think being able to sit with yourself and really decide who you want to be is really important. It doesn't really matter if it's music, whatever you want to do. It's just like, take that time out for yourself, you know, because everyone's so busy, you know? (laughs) I know. I think, I think it's, it's kind of crazy to think like that, you know, taking time for yourself should be seen as like, almost like a luxury. It's almost like we live in a society that's kind of perpetuating this idea that I, oh, I'm too busy to be busy, you know? And I think it's wonderful that your mom was able to believe in you and, and show you that support and, and essentially kind of give you almost permission to like give yourself that time you know Mm -hmm. and yeah I'm really grateful because I know that's not everyone's story you know what I mean and that's just like I just am so grateful that I had the opportunity to hone in you know this like sitting down in my room and writing these songs were like it was like my college you know like learning about music and learning about you know how, how to sharpen my pen as a rapper that was all like a school in its own you know yeah, for sure. And so it sounds like initially it was you were kind of on your own in a way, you know, just yeah, you definitely. in your room, like kind of like a, a solitary sort of setup. But how did you come to um, collaborate with more people? And, you know, how did you find like your people? 
I'm so glad you asked that. Um, it's actually a funny story, and it kind of sounds like a movie, really. Um, <laughs> I had a couple. I had a couple friends in high school, you know, that are still close friends of mine that dabbled in production and still mm-hmm. make beats. But you know, it was like, it was always, you know, you heard a song when I first was coming out. It was like my lyrics and the beat didn't really mesh, and it was probably mm-hmm. I'd say um, twenty. 18 February. Yeah. Um, I was, I, I downloaded this app on um, the app store called Vamper. You, and it's you swipe like, right? You swipe right? <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> like Tinder for <laughs> artists. It's crazy. So it's like, I'm a DJ and I'm looking for, you know, a singer. It's like, I, I'm a DJ. I swipe left, swipe right for these singers. And I get to listen to a little, you know, preview of their music. Right. It wasn't working for me, honestly. Like, no, no shade to the app. It's just like, I wasn't really finding it. And, you know, one day, like late night, 1 a.m., this random dude just hits me up and is like, yo, love your sound. I got some beats. My name's Jared. What's up? And I'm like, okay, you know, I was about to delete the app anyways. I'm like, you know, let me check this guy out. And honestly, it was like the best music I've ever heard. And that's Jared Rubens, who produced like Girlfriend and For the World, like, all of the records and we're you know the closest we've ever been and from February 2018 all the way to September he was living in Seattle and he moved down here in September and in three months time we came out with girlfriends so I just really think it was kismet and um he he's a he's a monster in his own right he is uh an anomaly to me like <laughs> definitely I mean the production is it it's insane it's um it's really really incredible i'm imagining you like swiping and then him messaging you and you being like oh my god i'm ray and i'm five five i love long walks on the beach and i love logic (laughs) yeah that's kind of how it went honestly and it really was it just clicked so are you in terms of your your writing process i would will jared send you a beat and then you'll already have you know words that you've been working on or is it are you are you guys together or how does how does it how does the setup of you guys writing go wow I love these questions and no one asked me these these are like my favorite types of questions um this is so funny like it's kind of morphed throughout our relationship so I would say like when he was in Seattle and I was here this man would literally send me like 40 beats right and I'd go through and I'd pick like 10 and I'd write those songs and I'd just end up coming mm-hmm. back to him with the songs done. And then when he moved here, um, we'd, we'd be in the room together for hours and he'd make the beat on right there and I'd write a little bit and then, you know, he'd send me a little bit later and I'd finish it. Mm-hmm. And now it's more so like the, a mixture of all three. So, I, you know, he'll come over, we'll make something new. I'll, I'll now be able to just come up with lyrics on the spot. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. um you know, or it's like, oh, this is so good. Send me this beat. I have to take it home and work on it later. So it's like, we kind of just ebb and flow between this um, cool creative process. You know, I've been doing sessions and um, it's getting stronger, but there's nothing like for me just being in my space Mm. and picking a beat that just like moves my body without me even thinking about it. And I can just flow in my own space. You know what I mean? And I just feel Mm. like that's where my best work comes from, you know? all like most like Benny like um Maria all those songs kind of just come to me in my room just alone by myself that's really wonderful it's kind of having that that safe space isn't it 
Mm-hmm. It is. But, you know, Jared, Jared and I were just talking about this. I have to be open and I am ready to be open mm-hmm. for new ways to get out ideas. Right. So like yeah. I might not be, you know, next year, you know, when touring is allowed, um, I'd want to be able to write songs on the road. You know, I'd want to be able to, you know, I can't be in my room all the time or be in that element. So, you know, I'm I'm just working on that muscle to be able to, you know, dive in anywhere. For sure. God, I'm hoping and praying that touring happens again because it is it is like the lifeblood of music is is oh yeah. music. So and it's a trip, you know. I've actually never toured like this. So all this is happening for me and this is just so exciting because I feel like you know, when all this um, COVID stuff is finally, you know, you know, people are finally getting over it and it's mm. <clears throat> taken care of, I just hope to travel and I can't wait. You know what I mean? I've never really, I've never been to London before, so I, it's going to be awesome. Let's talk about, um, let's talk about, you know, who you've been collaborating with. And it seems that you have some really influential people, you know, in, in the industry and in, in the business who are, you know, championing you. And I think it's, it's been so wonderful to see, you know, like people like the free nationals and Anderson Pack, and, you know, that it seems like they're really taking you under their wing because they believe in you so much. And, you know, how, how did you come to, to collaborate with them and how has it been, been working with them? Oh man. Well, it's, it's pretty cool. Like, I, I just feel like it's meant to be, you know, me and my girlfriend went on a trip to San Francisco and mm-hmm. my friend uh, T Navos on the free nationals just texted me like, Hey, what you doing? And I'm like, Oh, just in San Francisco, checking it out. And he's like, Oh, no way. We're here. Come hang out. And it was like, what? Just like that, that was the a day where we all got to really, you know, hang out in San mm-hmm. Francisco. And it was just like, wow, like, does that really happen? Like, I, I kind of was nervous. Mm-hmm. I was like, I hope they don't think I'm stalking them. Cause like, <laughs> what are the odds of that? I'm so far away from home. And we just oh, I'm actually 10 feet away from you. I can see yeah. you right now. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, <laughs> like after that, we just started, I started going to sessions and working on music mm-hmm. and it's just been a, 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 a hell of a ride, to be honest. I, I remember being in my little Ford Focus, like blasting Malibu, like this is the best music ever, you know. So it's kind of crazy. Yeah. What was it like being in the in the in the session for lockdown then? Because you know you've been Grammy nominated. That's it, that's absolutely huge. And what was it like working on on that song? And how did it how did it come to be? It really feels surreal, to be honest. And it's another funny story that feels like a movie again. Like mm. <laughs> I'm just hanging out in Long Beach. That's like usually where I kick it out. And he hits me up like, yo, let's go like come to the studio. And I'm super down. I pull up and there he's actually working on the song he did with Rick Ross, Cut Him In, which is super fire. And if you listen mm-hmm. to like the very last second of that song, you can hear me <laughs> singing in the background. It's pretty hilarious. Really? Like, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Um, so he's working on that record. And we want to work on something new. And so Jay Pounds, which, who's an amazing producer, he just starts playing the keys, the chords for that song. And, you know, I just, it kind of just spilled out of me. I just started um, singing the melody of the chorus. And Anderson, is he's so good at making music. As soon as he's like telling me to keep singing it, and he just like starts writing the words, like not even writing it down, just like coming up with the words you know, to the t- on the top of his head. It's just, it was so cool to see. And yeah, I ended up working on and building that chorus with him. And it was just, you know, 
a great moment. It was surreal because everything that he's talking about on that song was happening. We were watching it on television. You know, there were riots in the streets. People were really actually like, you know, really upset. It was um, a serious moment that it was so beautiful to capture. You know what I mean? And we did it, I feel like, in such a, a, a really like soulful, a real way. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful, beautiful track. And, you know, obviously, that's such a wonderful thing about music and about art is using the creative process to come to terms with, you know, a horrific situation and a reality. Let's talk about some of your influences. And I, I'd love to know, like, you know, when you're in one of your writing sessions in your room, Mm-hmm. Who who are you listening to to kind of like get the juices flowing? Who are your who are your people? Man, I mean, London is just on fire right now. Uh, Michael Kiwanuka for sure, and then Salt. I'd love to know more about the LA scene. I know you live just outside LA, right? Um, yeah. What is is there like a jam scene? Like, is there a place where everyone's hanging out and you know jamming together? There was this place I'd say that formed like so many artists. Um, it's It was this jam in Hollywood called the Juice Joint. And I will always talk about that place because it really, I think, shaped me because if you were a singer, if you had a dream, if you played an instrument, you walked through those doors and, and it was such a welcoming environment. And, you know, we had people like Ari Lennox, Duran Bernard, like wow. amazing, talented people who sang there every Monday night. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah, that was the place where I really got my chops, I'd say, uh, the juice joint for sure. It was run by Mel. She's an amazing, amazing artist. She does like artists, I'd say like amazing designer, just a brilliant mind. And uh, she mm-hmm. like curated this event. It was originally in Inglewood and it, it got so big that they moved to Hollywood and, you know, wow. so many big names would pop through, but it was really just a place every Monday to go in and bury your soul out there and just sing and and jam you know they allowed if you played drums you'd get a set up there you know if you played like it it wasn't really like a showcase it was just like a jam that just never stopped for like two hours two three hours I just yeah it makes me think about how important those grassroots setups and venues are to upcoming artists and that kind of nurturing factor of having that space and having that time to play or sing or rap with like like-minded individuals and yeah that sounds like an amazing place oh you would have loved it you would have loved it I know they're gonna come back once COVID's um you know I we say this about everything you know once COVID is uh out of here but definitely um you gotta come check it out for sure I'm getting on the plane right now with a mask <laughs> um <laughs> so um for the kind of aspiring MC and rappers that are, that might be listening, you know, is there any key bits of advice that you could share with them or that you've been given? I would say keep going, you know, if this is something that lights like a fire in your stomach and you really, really believe in yourself, that's what matters, you know, that you believe in yourself and you're your biggest fan, just keep going. I think that's mm-hmm. important. And you and, and that, you know, that cheesy thing that people say, I just think it's so true. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you never stop, you won't lose like you won't fail. Like if you just continue, yeah. you will never fail, you know? You can't. That's just not how it works, you know. I'd love to hear about your experience as a woman and 
up until now like have how have you how have you navigated your way through and how has being a woman like impacted your creative process and your your career up until now do you think well man especially in hip-hop I think it's just such a special sacred space to be in you know and I Mm. feel like I'm just authentically myself like I really don't try to look a certain way or act a certain way or this is what people want me to say it's just like I just feel like the the way you become like what they say like a legend right or an icon I feel like is just being an individual like to the fullest degree and um for me being a woman in the hip-hop industry and I just feel like I can't really look at it as like a oh I'm a woman in the hip I just can't look at it like that like I have to I'm ex- I'm excited and I re- and I rep represent that and I stand for that and I'm happy to be that but I'm not coming into it as like hiding behind my gender you know what I mean it's like I'm so happy to be um a woman in rap and I'm so happy to be amongst these legends in this in the in their own right but at the same time I definitely want people to just say like Ray Khalil is like the greatest rapper ever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want, I don't want, but you know, you know, when the, when the conversation comes up, if they're like, she's the greatest, who's the greatest female rapper. Yeah, that's cool too. You know what I mean? I'm down to rep that, you know, for sure. But I'm just, I'm just so grateful to be honest. I'm just so grateful and blessed to be in this position. I just want to do, do it right. You know what I mean? And, and make all the women before me proud. For this show, we always ask um, our guests about two female inspirations um, and p- to pick two tracks. Can you can you tell us your two choices and and why you've why you've chosen them? Yes, yes. So the first one's pretty easy for me. Autumn in New York, Ella Fitzgerald. I just pretty much think she is the perfect singer. Like you know, you have people mm-hmm. that can. You have the Aretha Franklins who are just, you know, at a whole nother level because they're the their belting power and that power coming from their gut. But I don't think there was a better singer than Ella Fitzgerald. It, everything she did was perfect. There was no note that was ever too, you know, <laughs> too out there or too, you know, she was just the perfect singer, in my opinion. And this record reminds me of my grandma. And um, I would just listen to it and I'd feel nostalgic like I was there in the 30s and 40s when watching her jam out to it. Um, and the next one, um, this this person is probably one of the biggest inspirations of my life. Um, that's Nina Simone. And especially, specifically this song, Mississippi Goddamn. I don't know if you had a chance to check out her documentary on Netflix, but it, it really is. I did. Wonderful. It was heavy. Wow. It was heavy. It was really what, what heavy. life. What a life. Yeah. What an amazing life. And I, I personally felt bummed out that she wasn't I, she wasn't here to say her side of it. <laughs> that's a, but that's a whole yeah. other story. I just, you know, to and, and, you know, the whole moniker for a black woman, oh, an angry black woman, they're angry. And I just mm-hmm. feel like she was stamped, she was stamped that for so long when really mm-hmm. she was like the Kanye West of her time uh, pre Trump. I mean, like, you know, not. <laughs> You know, tr- uh, Kanye imagine, imagine. <laughs> I just had a really weird image of like Nina Simone's Twitter, like going on. Right. 
right? I want to stay um, Kanye before all the craziness. You know, I'm talking yes. like 808s and heartbreak Kanye. That would be, in my opinion, Nina Simone back in the day. Just such an innovator. And a, yeah. yeah, just a, such a creative spirit. And I just love that she was fearless. And that's something that I want to encapsulate in my performance and, and in my journey as an artist to be, you know, fe- fearless like her. It's been such a joy to speak to you, Ray. And there's so much to come, you know, for the world. Everyone needs to go listen to it. It's absolutely incredible. And I'm just very excited to see you continue to shine and continue to grow and take over. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I love talking to you too. I feel like I should just call you after your show and we just like keep talking. Autumn in New York Why does it seem so inviting Autumn in New York It spells the three shimmering clouds in canyons of steel they're making me feel